Welcome to episode nine of the Wheel to Wheel podcast. The boys are all here today uh, with myself, Aaron, Vroon, and James. And we just got finished watching the first round of the F1 2021 season. We are super, super hyped uh, to give you guys a quick race review. We'll be releasing this right after the race, so we're hoping you guys can check it out. Uh, we're also fortunate enough, myself and James, to be on the DNF1 podcast uh, YouTube channel as well as their Spotify. So if you guys haven't checked out our episode, we did give our predictions on the season as well as uh, this past this race that we just watched. So uh, head over to their channel and check it out. We will also be having Adam from the DNF One podcast on ours uh, tomorrow for a quick little interview. So super excited for that. But today there is one talking point. And that was this awesome round one of the Bahrain Grand Prix 2021. So Varun, how we doing? You're welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back racing, excited. Yeah, and James, how are you doing? Uh, same. Thrilled. It is incredible to get this season started off, and yeah. what a race. Unbelievable race. We have a laundry list of notes to go through, so we're super excited uh, to get into it. There was just so much action the whole time. Uh, we, did, we were on the edge of our seats for this race. So round one of 23, the longest season in Formula One history. We could not be more excited. It feels like literally Christmas morning when we woke up this morning. So uh, it was an absolute treat to watch. We were not disappointed. Uh, so yeah, guys, I think as we normally do on the Wheel to Wheel podcast, we like to go back and talk about the uh, circuit a little bit. So we did obviously see the Bahrain circuit twice last season. We saw it on the outer ring. Uh, in in the secure Grand Prix and the uh, regular layout uh, as well. So just, I guess, to look back at last season, we did see Sergio Perez take that epic win in the outer ring uh, secure Grand Prix. Uh, the first lap, he was last place, and then he ended up winning the race. So might have been a sign of things to come for this oh, year yeah. as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so many storylines from that race. Yeah. Obviously, George with the misfortunes. Um, and then the race before that, obviously Sergio with the misfortune. So yeah. good to see him redeem himself, but an yeah. important note, George and Botas with that's unfortunate right. That's races. So foreshadowing again, foreshadowing come. for what we saw this, uh, this time out, obviously the first round last year in Bahrain, uh, of the two, we did see that, uh, horrible crash from Roman Grosjean, uh, what was crazy and crazily depicted as well in the, uh, drive to survive. So We've seen some drama at this circuit, James, safe to say. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have. And we were not disappointed today. So I think uh, what we'll start is qualifying. And we saw, obviously, a very quick Red Bulls coming into all, pra all three practices. And we did see Max take his first pole position this season, rolling along as they did in Abu Dhabi last year. So what do we think of that one? Yeah, it's exciting to see. I mean, there's a lot of hype about the Red Bulls, um, what they look like coming into the season, obviously looking strong. But I feel like, you know, every year in F1, there's speculation about what's going to happen. And then Mercedes usually just comes out of the gates just strong, but as usual. But this year, it turns out the, the hype was warranted because the Red Bulls um, performed right off the bat, Max taking that inaugural pole position. So And, and Sergio looking uh, pretty decently comfortable in the, in the Red Bull as well. So it was great to see. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the fact that we're seeing this right out of uh, round one, the qualifications being a Red Bull and pole from a good four tenths of a second, 
uh, to a Mercedes. And then we obviously saw the midfield get even closer uh, with the Ferraris really close to the Mercedes. I think they were only a couple tenths off of the lead, of the uh, second Mercedes with the Valtteri Bottas. But uh, it's just been an amazing weekend. So that qualification was was really cool to see, other than obviously Nikita Mazepin, who's been one of the disappointments of yeah. the weekend. Sore thumb, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate. And seeing him, obviously one of the stories from Saturday morning, Saturday morning here in Canada anyways, we saw uh, him spin after passing Vettel on the main straight for the last qualification lap for Q1 and ended up spinning in front of him, causing a yellow flag in sector one and basically ruining both Esteban Ocon and um, Vettel's times and they both did not make it out of Q1, which is crazy. Yeah, and, and like you said earlier, Greg, you like, how can you do that? You're, you're a rookie coming into the sport, and then you have a four-time world champion at, uh, ahead of you, and, you know, there's an unwritten rule you don't pass guys on a warm-up lap, and he just not only passes them, uh, it was like the analogy I used, it's like, I cut you off on the highway, and then I just, just slam on the brakes and just uh, totally met, screw you over, so, yeah. Um, yeah, some terrible luck for Vettel, no fault of his own there. And it's just even more infuriating that it's Mazepin that caused it. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure karma will catch up to him. And, and Well, I did catch up to him. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was a sign of things to come, if that's any uh, gratification. So yeah. Yeah. Seb helped, uh, dealt with it very diplomatically. Yeah. Didn't drag his name through the mud, didn't do any of that. So yeah. he handled it very as good as you po- could possibly do. But maybe if he found out so what happened to him on Sunday morning would have been different words yeah, that exactly. he would say. I, I think one of the things too is is that he's such a veteran and he knows this is only round one. You know, May, the fact that it wasn't his fault that he didn't make it out of Q one is not the end of the world. Like he's still got a long season ahead. There's a lot of uh, growing pains he's going to have to go through getting into that Aston Martin. But he's very diplomatic. He's very cool headed. Obviously, as we know from a veteran guy like him, but. You wonder if this keeps up all season, how how long can you stay cool with some some stuff like that happening? So should be interesting to see. I think we're obviously all pulling for him here. If you guys have listened to our predictions, uh, we're all pulling for for Sebastian to do pretty well in that Aston Martin, and we did see some pretty good pace from that car today overall. Um, so yeah, I don't think there was too much else to note from qualling other than uh, that midfield just being so much tighter than we really thought. We saw the McLarens obviously right where they should have been, which we were uh, happy about here. And uh, the Ferraris were very, very close to the top, which something we didn't really expect coming out of practice, but it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, for sure. And if you listen to our predictions, you'll know that uh, I didn't really favor the Ferraris at all, and neither did any of us, I don't think so. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we love to see, obviously, as big of a midfield battle as we can get, we'll take it. So yeah. uh, just and have one more team in the in the thick of things there is absolutely welcome. Yeah, and one of the things that a lot of people say, like obviously journalists in Europe and stuff that you hear a lot, is like F1 needs fast Ferraris. Yeah. It's one of the biggest like selling names, biggest brands in the world mm-hmm. when it comes to motorsports. So they need a quick Ferrari, and today we saw that they're going to be in it to, this yeah. year. So. And the Tifosi, as they're so-called, are yeah. so loyal that... Uh, they deserve, you know, uh, a competitive team. And last year was just absolutely uh, brutal to watch. So just to have a quick rebound as they've had is is great to see. And um, like you said, who doesn't want to see that beautiful red car up in the up in the mix? Exactly, for sure. So the fact that we also saw that on Saturday or on Sunday as well was amazing. So moving on to the race we saw, there's so many notes to get through. We're super excited uh, to do our first recap of uh, 2021 here. Um, and even before the race started, we had drama, drama, drama. So we did see uh, Sebastian Vettel, unfortunately, take a grid penalty 
uh, I was for the yellow flag incident. Right, right. Not yes. slowing so down for the yellow flag. Down. As I was hinting, so yeah. maybe if you knew about that on Saturday, you would have said a few more yeah. choice words towards Mazepin, but... Yeah. <laughs> He seemed, again, he handled that really well, and he's just like, is what it is. Yeah. Keep marching mm-hmm. on. For sure. And we saw him have a really good first lap, so it really, maybe a little, put a little fire under him to pass those two Haas cars in, in <laughs> no time. So he was definitely, came out motivated, extra motivated probably by that yeah. unfortunate grid penalty and unfortunate quality. But it'll be interesting to see how he qualifies when he doesn't have a yellow flag yeah. in front when of him. When he puts a full race weekend yeah, together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We know the car has pace. We know Sebastian's a skilled driver. Yeah. So, yeah, just those two things have to come together for him. For sure. And the one other note that we have, as obviously a lot of people saw before the race even started, was Checo Perez pulled over on the formation lap, the first of what ended up being two formation laps, because he had some mechanical issues uh, in his Red Bull. So we thought that he wasn't even going to be able to start the race. But in classic Checo Perez fashion, he pulls into the pit lane for a start, catches up to the pack and puts in an absolute blinder of a race. So uh, amazing to see he ended up Obviously, spoiler alert, but he finished in P5 with absolutely epic uh, march through the field. As we saw last year in Sakir, he was in line for podium in the Bahrain inner circuit last year as well. So uh, crazy. This guy is so talented. And obviously that Red Bull, we know that it can do the job. So it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Just him putting up great points from the back of the grid. Like, this is the person Red Bull needed from the start and it's going to be a great year yeah absolutely anytime you see his name down there on the leaderboards like you know he's not going to be there long (laughs) no and it was like snakes and ladders (laughs) snakes and ladders exactly and we just saw his he was just munching time off everybody he was uh coming up on and and you know when you see sergio perez in your review mirror like it's scary because you know he's going to catch up on you quick and yeah um even when you're like three four spots up from him you know you're going to be battling him in a few laps so yeah and and one of the interesting things too is he kind of got lucky that the safety car happened uh, soon after he um, had his issues and he got to put a fresh set of tires on and then he had time to keep his speed through his lap and catch up to the snake the pack so he was already on like nice and warm tires and he was able to just munch even quicker than anyone would have thought so as you boys just mentioned when you see him in your rearview mirror and you see him when you're watching on that side of uh, the tv you know that Perez is going to be moving his way up yeah and similar to Vettel if he has a full complete race weekend that battle is going to be at the top of the grid to start yeah. like he's, he's going to put the boots to Mercedes I love it 100% mm-hmm. it's going to be super cool to see and that's something as we've mentioned last year is we didn't see that from Albin and when Gasly was in that Red Bull and now you know not to drag his name in the mud anymore but uh, you know guys I love Alex Albin Aaron but- Alden's biggest fan biggest fan <laughs> obviously not uh, but um we did not see enough of that last year so just the fact that you put Perez last on the grid and he still shows up and puts in a 10 point performance for the team is awesome yeah so and we heard uh Crofty mention it during the race that like obviously we didn't quite get to see it today because of some unfortunate circumstances but um soon enough we'll be having two Red Bulls in the in the fight uh we saw Mercedes obviously had an advantage today because they as usual have two cars to battle with um for that win but um, you know, Perez, it's, it's just a matter of time. He keeps having some bad luck, but um, there's plenty of races left this year and soon it'll be a two-car battle for, for the win. So um, that's exactly what we want. And it's, it's coming, which is very exciting. So Yeah, one important note too that we had for the uh, incident involving Perez is that did um, cause another formation lap to be held. So it did take a lap off the total for the racing, uh, the total of the race, which as we'll talk about later, may have come into play for Red Bull and it might have helped them if that wasn't the case. So mm-hmm. um, obviously one of the most, I would say, 
predictable things to happen at the beginning of the race was myself and won a little cash on it, but Mazepin being the first DNF with absolutely no one touching him, thank God he didn't take out another driver because that's one of those things where it's like you watch the replay and it was in that same corner that Roman crashed last year. Yeah. It looked like a high-impact crash, but there was no one else involved. It was yeah. just solely like him for the sixth time this weekend just spinelling. Yeah. yeah. If Gunther's heart didn't go through enough with Grosjean, He's going to have an aneurysm after watching Mazepin for 23 races yeah. this season. If he doesn't, I don't even know if he'll lose his job this year because their expectations are so low. But if he doesn't, like, just quit, I don't know. This, <laughs> yeah. guy, this guy has a heart of gold, I feel like. Yeah, I, well, I mean, poor Gunther because, like, his job's gone from, like, trying to put together a competitive team and stay in the battle to trying to put together a team that just can have enough funding to make it through the year. For so, sure, yeah. And obviously, Mazepin, we, we, like, you know, Gunther's never going to come out and say, but we can read between the lines that this was... Definitely a financial decision more so than, a, sure. than a competitive one. So, uh, yeah, and like James said, just seeing Mazepin for the sixth time this weekend, at least he made it past turn one this time, I guess, because <laughs> I, I know he's, he had four spins on turn one alone. But, um, you know, if this is a sign of what's to come, I don't know how that car is going to make it through the year. And uh, like I was mentioning to the boys earlier, I don't know if that $30 million from Papa Mazepin is even going to be enough to cover the damage. Yeah. That car is. <laughs> I think, I think one, thing, parts. one thing, too, that we uh, talked about a lot last season was – you know, um, Mick Schumacher started his F1 testing with the Alfa Romeo car, and we all thought that it was pretty much a for sure that he was going to be in that Romeo seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see him in that Haas seat, obviously, like, that's kind of a saving grace for this team this year because they're going to get some positive attention mm-hmm. to, to like, back off of that negative attention that yeah. they're getting from Nikita, which is obviously probably a real big saving grace when it comes to, like, press and everything because Mick is just such a good guy. Absolutely. And you yeah. could tell Gunther was so excited about that signing Yeah, because, like you said, it did look like, you know, um, he was slated to, to join that Alfa Romeo team. And then um, mm-hmm. when it was announced that he signed with Haas, Gunther was ecstatic. And uh, we talked about it last year. It, it just added a, <laughs> an angel to one shoulder when they already had the devil mask yeah, on the exactly. other. It's like an like NHL team getting a big free agent is uh, basically exactly, what he yeah. just scored when he finally sure. had... Uh, Schumacher signed. Yeah. yeah, or like if Wayne Gretzky had a son that was in the NHL. <laughs> like he has a son, he didn't make it to the NHL. Yeah. But like that's pretty much the same deal. Um, but one good thing to note, I think, is that you know Mick stayed clean. He had a race where he was classified in the end of it. Uh, he, you know, there were some moments where he was within, you know, the race. There was some overtaking that he did, mostly over pit stops. But um, <laughs> he was clean. He had a good race. I think um, yeah. it's going to be one of the ones where I probably take advantage of the f1 tv and maybe watch a couple laps from his mm-hmm. point of view but because they didn't obviously cover him too much but birthday weekend he was classified in a car that wasn't expected to do anything at all so good for him round of applause we'll uh absolutely just keep betting on Mazepin to first dnf every year every <laughs> race this year but uh it was it was pretty uh interesting to at least see mick finish the race so um yeah moving on we did see um, an amazing qualification from Alpha Tauri. They've been really, really fast, both in testing, practices. We've seen a lot of pace from that car. So we did see Pierre Gasly in fifth for his qualification run, which was an impressive lap. Purple in, mo- in most sectors. And uh, he was in a good spot to start the race, at least. <laughs> yeah. And we we're, were talking, too, with Yuki getting in the Q2. Maybe they bit off a little bit more. They can chew and got greedy, throwing him on the medium to try and get him to qualify in that. Mm-hmm. He just missed out on Q3. We were thinking, but like, how much of a confidence boost would it be? Your oh, first, first ever Formula 1 qualifying and you make it to Q3, like that would have been huge for Yuki, mm-hmm. but just missed out. Yeah. Likely because of those tires. 
Yeah, and speaking of Yuki or or the boy next door, as he's so called. Sorry, Greg, we had to throw that one in. But oh, I love it now. This is good. We can run with this all. <laughs> exactly, season. we'll run with it for the whole career of Yuki. He's the boy the next, next door. door. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like for an F one rookie to come out and just show so much pace through testing. Well, even yeah, through preseason testing, through practice this weekend, qualifying, and even his first race, as we'll get to, is just so impressive for a young driver. And um, you know, he he spoke about it after the race, what it means to him to race in F one. And, you know, you have the contrast with other drivers, but to see rookies, we spoke about uh, Mick, but uh, another guy, Yuki, that deserves so much credit. Um, and, and obviously there's a lot of spectacular things to come from him in his career. Yeah, I think one of the things I've realized over the last little bit is he hasn't had a lot of time driving in Europe at the high levels of, of motorsport. And I think he's just naturally a really talented driver of mm-hmm. sports of motor cars. Like obviously formula one is like the highest level when it comes to motorsports, and he's adapted really quickly. He's obviously maybe got like the body for it and like the, you know, the, the reaction time. And like, he's a really, like, he's really small. And I feel like that probably helps him like low center, gravity. low center of gravity <laughs> and maybe like a little lighter in the car, I would say, but he's all in all, he's been a treat to watch. Uh, might be again, one of the guys that I watch a little bit more of his onboarding when I rewatch a little bit of the race this, this upcoming week. Um, but back to his teammate, Gasly, we obviously, he had high hopes. I think starting on the mediums, he got through with a really nice lap in Q3, um, to be qualifying in P5. And we all thought he might be on for a nice podium finish maybe because of the fact he was starting on those mediums and so many of, um, the drivers in the top 10 were starting on softs. So unfortunately he had a little Nick, uh, mishap with Lando Norris, uh, early on in the race and his front wing came off. And I think... I think personally he had a little bit more damage to the car because he did not make his way through the pack at all. He was really quiet uh, for the rest of that race, which is pretty unfortunate because he's, again, a guy that a lot of people cheer for and pull for. Um, he released, um, I don't know if you guys read his Players' Tribune oh, article, yeah. Yeah. but absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's hard not to cheer for Pierre. So to see that was a little bit unfortunate, but I think still he's going to have a great season. They're both yeah. well, I think. So Yeah, absolutely. And that was just... The last little thing that happened just before the race was even two laps in, just like four notable events. So yeah, we knew we were off sure. to a good one when it started off with that many notable items happening so early yeah, on. Yeah, 100%. And um, just going back to Yuki for a second, the fact that he pulls off a P9 finish uh, for two points in his debut in Formula One. He's moving up like four spots. Moving up four spots. He was overtaking Lance Stroll near the end of the race to move up into that two spot, uh, two, two score spot of P9. He uh, had a really nice race, and the fact he's the 16th driver to have a point in his debut um, as a rookie in Formula One, which is crazy. Yeah. Think about how many people have had debuts, and the fact that he's obviously in a car that is able to do it, but then he puts it together and, and does it. Yeah, and, and two points on top of that. I think he's already uh, broken my prediction of his points total for the year, so it's great to yeah. get that out of the way on the first race. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm happy to be wrong on that one for sure. So. I'm pretty sure one of the guys that's in our pool, I talked to him last night, and he had him P19. In the, wow. in the in the I don't know about so that one. That's <laughs> tough. Because, I really yeah. hope it was it was just Madison that he put ahead of or behind oh, him. But I feel like he's gonna get so many more points than that. Yeah, the boy next door is looking strong. He's gonna come side. knocking. If okay. you guys, if, to be fair, if you guys haven't listened to the last episode, episode eight, that's where we uh, nicknamed. Oh, I guess I inadvertently nicknamed Yuki the boy next door because I think he's just the cutest little guy. It's cutest little stick. Japanese. And it's gonna stick. It's, it's gonna stick for his name. whole career. It's a perfect name. It is a perfect name. And when he has his mask on too. He's just a little cutie, so. 
Um, good, good laugh. Yeah, overall, great, sh- great showing from the boy next door. Oh, for sure. He was yeah. two points for the boy next door, zero points for his, unfortunate for his teammate Pierre. Yeah. I think that's going to be a cool battle this year. We're going to see, yeah. Yeah. we're going to see uh, two fast cars and two good drivers uh, in a good battle there. So someone's going to push Pierre for the first time that when he's a team leader too, yeah. which is really cool. Uh, so I'm really excited to watch those Tauris this year with the mm-hmm. white wall tires. Oh my God, wow. they're so sexy looking. Um, but I guess, I don't know what's wrong with me. Every time I talk about the Tauris, I just get like all like friggin' Well, I mean, they are a fashion brand. Because sexual. <laughs> it, means, it means that they're doing their job properly because yeah. they are a fashion brand. So they're putting those right I guess so. emotions yeah. in you. The boy next door with the white yeah. wall tires, you can't go wrong with that. So. <laughs> but moving on to uh, another note, another amazing battle that we saw, which was the mm-hmm. highlight for me of the race, other than um, that battle between Max and Lewis, was the battle that we saw about midway through the race. Oh. For that midfield, we saw Stroll, or was it Stroll? Yes. Yeah, Stroll, Signs. Alonso, and Signs battling crazy. They were like uh, wheel-to-wheel the whole time. That's where we get the podcast name. <laughs> wheel-to-wheel going into uh, a few different laps, a few different corners. We saw them switch positions with each other. Obviously, seeing the Renault engine uh, being capable of that battle was a lot of fun because he was even coming back. Uh, Fernando Alonso was coming back. At the other two drivers, Carlos had an amazing... He ended up coming out on top, had some amazing moves. There was at one point, Mm -hmm. they came down the main straight, and he was kind of weaving through them and back up into turn three. He ended up pulling away, but that was after they all had kind of switched positions. So, absolutely epic battle. Highlight One of the highlights of the race, for sure, Yeah, uh, for all of us to see. It was unfortunate to see um, Fernando not able to finish the race with his brake issues, but all in all, like that's a sign of things to come for sure for the midfield yeah and i think you i think you summed it up but like it's just so great to see an embodiment of that midfield battle in the race itself and go on for a few Mm -hmm. laps we were on the edge of our seats for that yes it's a sign of things to come because you know obviously any of these cars could um push for like a spot on the podium so to have many of them battling for that spot means that 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 podium uh, that third podium spot isn't a given by any means and um and yeah even alonso just coming back after a year uh, see him in the thick of things. It's great to see in that beautiful Alpine car. So. Oh, beautiful car. Oh, yeah. Really nice. Really nice looking car. It looks really nice in the night lights at Bahrain as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just again, as you mentioned, like there's going to be races this season where there is chaos up front, which we didn't see t- uh, today. There wasn't too much in regards to people like losing it or having engine issues and stuff. But th- when that does happen this year, we're going to see so many epic battles. And the coolest thing for me about that battle was there was no teammates it was all. It was three different constructors exactly, battling, yeah. and we saw Ferrari ending up pulling away, which probably not something we would have guessed last season when we watched a battle yeah. like that. So and good, awesome. good clean racing on top of it too, yeah. which is what we love to see. Yeah, Nobody uh, and like there's no. It seems like there's no dust on these drivers for these this oh, little exactly. winter break we've had. Like yeah. seems like they're Hits just on it. Sprinting, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. It. I'm glad I had a bet to have less than sixteen drivers yeah. classified, and I cashed that out because. They, yeah, it's, you never know. And I thought there was going to be way more dust to be fair when mm-hmm. I, when I made that bet, but there was no dust at all. This, yeah. there was fair fighting for pretty much all the race because Mazepin left in the first lap. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think on top of that battle in the midfield, we saw so many different, uh, guests, so much different guesswork going on between not only us as viewers, but the people in the pit lane for what the tire strategies were going to be, you know, was someone going to take a chance and be a one stop? For this race how many times are we going to see people pit for hards because there's so many hard tires used in this uh in this specific race but those tire strategies were so so fun to watch we saw you know a 56 lap race where 
normally, you know, there's kind of like a set tire strategy and we know what's going to happen. But with the early safety cars and stuff, we really, it was all up in the air. How was Mercedes and Red Bull going to react uh, up at the top to each other's pits? Uh, how quick were the pits going to be? And uh, I think that, you know, ends up coming back around with Botas having another pit issue. Oh, man. Uh, 10 second, 11 second pit stop, which we saw last time out as well when they put the wrong tires on his set, uh, on his car. So poor guy, man. He's had so much bad luck in this circuit. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know what it is with the wheel gun that they use specifically for his car. I know obviously it's the same one, but that, that heavy humid Bahrain air apparently just doesn't do him any favors and yeah. we saw it uh he had the bad luck when when he was at George's teammate and again today um poor guy but like you know he has all the talent and uh he did end up getting a decent result in the race so yeah, yeah. go ahead James oh it was just green yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so fastest lap, fastest lap exactly. yeah. for sure and it was one of those things where if you look back to you know how the outlook was for Valtteri on Friday and Saturday morning early before qualifications he was talking about his car being undrivable and right. the fact that like he was really really struggling so to have that podium still uh come out after the horrendous pit stop that we mm-hmm. saw and then to nick the fastest lap um, is ultimately like what you want to see. He he um, he's shown resilience pretty much throughout his whole career. Yeah. So mentally exactly. strong. Resilience yeah. is the exact word I was going to use. Yeah. And like obviously we have to give him credit because we give so much to to his counterpart. But like Valtteri is as good of a driver as you could ask for for that uh, other seat at McLaren or Mercedes. So mm-hmm. um, like you said, the resilience there to to come back after that horrendous pit and still uh, take a podium is absolutely a testament to his skill. For sure. And uh, like I said, I mentioned a lot of the um, race was done at the end on hard, hard tires. So it was really cool to see like whose stints were going to be the longest mm-hmm. on the end. Who was going to really um, have to have a little bit of juice left to be able to make some overtakes. No surprise. We obviously saw Checo Perez make a couple late overtakes. He made an overtake on Charles Leclerc uh, late in the race, which unfortunately screwed James and I on a little, <laughs> off a little bit of money. But what do we expect? It's Checo Perez on a set of hard tires, you know? He's always going to be in and amongst it. He's always going to be, like, have just the right amount left because he's just that magical uh, to be able to do this stuff. So it's crazy, man. This guy is so talented. It's so nice to see him getting his shot. And then we thought there would be a lot harder time to get in that Red Bull, but he had no issues after the... Maybe he just needed a little uh, unplug plug back in, like a little classic computer switch. A little Uh, reboot. A little reboot, and he was great it was so fun to watch yeah and i mean you were talking about dust or rust earlier and like yeah. um because uh how long he's been with he, he was with racing point or force india for i think eight years before that for a long, long time right? so to go to a new team after that much time with one team oh, and all that pressure too exactly all the pressure and um to perform that well he, he even said it himself that he you know give him up to five races for him to get up to speed and i was saying he may have been sandbagging a little because i think he knew oh, he was going to come out with a bang and well, he sure did yeah and the other thing is how do you not feel even more pressure is the fact that like the red bull comes off as the fastest oh, car yeah. in every single practice and max gets pull like you can't have more pressure going into your first race as the second driver in red bull and then not to mention you have to start from the pit lane oh yeah like yeah. the guy's just a magic man yeah and that's probably where all of Max's previous driver or teammates crumble where Perez's experience just shines mm-hmm. through. Like mm-hmm. he just took that in stride and gets a P5 out of it. Like incredible. Oh, beautiful to watch. Yeah. Absolutely masterclass. And once again, not to keep plugging F1 TV because they should sponsor us, but I'm going to be watching his onboards because the, watching him run through that pack is going to be so much fun. I bet you they'll have like a YouTube video out showing his like overtakes and his, again, his, his stampede through the field. 
um, in this race as he did last year in the same track. So all in all, like crazy. Checo's magic. We'll just keep talking about it until it yeah. stops happening. So <laughs> um, when moving on to pretty much the climax, the headline, the absolute end of this race that was absolutely epic and uh, Varun did come up with a title for this episode which is going to suit this topic and that is making Lewis work for it. Uh, having to make Lewis work for this win was what we want to see if he's going to get a win and we certainly saw that. Um, the last 15 races of this race with... 15 laps. Or sorry, 15 races. Yeah, 15 laps of this race. It felt like 15 different races <laughs> yeah. through the yeah. last 15 laps but... They were both on hard tires, him and Max. Uh, Max had a slightly fresher set, and his pace was absolutely blistering, especially through the second sector, where we saw second sector of this track is obviously a lot of tight turns, and that's where the Red Bull has proven to have a lot more pace this season. Um, so he was munching, munching, munching time um, off of Lewis's lead, and the last 15 laps was abs- an absolute battle. We saw an overtake that Max was finally able to make with, I think, four laps to go. Yeah. And uh, ended up being that Lewis did leave him enough room on the track. So race control radioed to Red Bull saying that Max had to give Lewis a spot back because he was slightly off the curb on uh, turn four when he made that overtake. So very interesting because, you know, we saw during the race that Lewis almost got black and white flagged for going off at that same turn multiple times. And you could argue that he was gaining you know, some solid time lap after lap going off there. So we'll see if anything comes of that, uh, just when it comes to like interviews and post-race media and stuff like that. But all in all, just to take it back to that battle was absolutely epic. We saw, you know, Lewis earn this win. That's the bottom line. Exactly. And like you said, it was, it was a battle right down to the end because uh, as we saw, Max was taking time right off him every lap. And then uh, we saw what looked to be a clean overtake at, at first glance, but um, something did look fishy about it. It was just there was three cars in the mix, and and then we saw obviously um, afterwards it was it was a bit scary because when we saw Max giving him the spot back originally, we didn't know what was going on, and we thought he might have had mechanical issues, issues which would have just been absolutely devastating. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, turns yeah. out he did go wide of the track, so had to give Lewis that spot back. And yeah, um, and then we knew that James was having his absolute <laughs> wettish dream because we wanted to see. He wants to see. He always talks about Max being you know, better driver than Lewis. And if they're in equal machinery, how would they do? We saw this in race one already of 2021, which is absolutely epic. We saw that last couple laps, that battle of seeing like, was Max within DRS? He was just outside of DRS again, and then back inside. And who knows if there was one more lap in this race, how much closer it would have been. And that goes back kind of to the Checo, um, kind of there needing to be an extra formation lap so who knows what it would have looked like yeah and and speaking of uh what ifs like you know even if geo had not been in that mix when max made the overtake how would it have gone and Mm -hmm. and speaking about machinery too like who knows like does max even have the better machinery this year that's something that that's yet to be determined yeah um certainly looks like that could be the case and obviously there's uh, still changes and upgrades to be made throughout the season but um, you know, like seeing Max having a car like this to compete with Lewis in is just what we've been wanting to see for so long. Mm. I think the biggest thing that we're going to look for moving forward now is we've seen that the Red Bull has a really good car that was, you'd argue, again, slightly better than Mercedes this weekend. But they've only tested at one track. They've only practiced at one track. They've only qualified at one track. And they've only raced at one track. So we're going to see, you know, now we're moving on in the calendar to all these other tracks. Is the, is the Red Bull still going to be that quick? Obviously, they're extremely close now, which is what we want, what we as a podcast didn't necessarily expect to see. But we told you guys that we would be happy if we were wrong. So 
Um, when it comes to those other tracks, like, I mean, we can expect to see a battle at the front now, uh, which is, I know, yeah. like we said, James's yeah. wet dream and all of ours wet dreams. So. Yeah. And think of, think of, you know, I mean, a circuit like Monaco, there's not a lot of overtaking, but how well it could suit a car like the Red Bull, um, just with all the corners and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, we don't, Lewis gets enough praise that it is, but if, if that is the case and he's, he's dealing with a car that might be equal to, or even lesser than the Red Bull, then. Um, having the, the poise to come out with this race win just goes to show another testament to his um, skill. And it, it was just nice to see him not have to do it in a fashion where he was, you know, 30 seconds ahead of the, of, the, of the pack by the end of the race. Yeah, for sure. And then going into these other races, we're looking at the tracks, but we don't know. And that's the best thing. Exactly. We're going to come into these tracks and be like, who is actually better every time we go out? Because there's going to be little tweaks that are made every single weekend. And that's what we want to see. It's not just a given that Mercedes is going to be on pole. Yeah. So. And just on, just to close up about Lewis, another uh, record broken as what seems to be happening with every race he's in, um, breaks the record for most laps led in F1. So uh, just yet another record that falls at the hands of Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And a shout out obviously to Michael Schumacher for yeah. uh, owning that record for a long, long as, period of time. As long as he has, yeah. He yeah. lost it to the best, one of the best. So. Yeah. But I was just going to say, if Red Bull can keep this up for 22 races... We are in for a season. We're in for a Absolutely. It's just going to be incredible. Yeah, and again, not so even... So excited. Like, we're mentioning, you know, the battle at the top, which was the headline here, but don't forget those points we made about the midfield. Like, we've seen we've seen the battle for the best of the rest category, and, like, how many times are we going to be able to see uh, different podiums this year or even just different uh, people in the top ten? Like, Ferrari and McLaren both had an unbelievably nice day. They both had both drivers in the top ten uh, for a solid amount of points, which is something we haven't seen <laughs> in a long time. So yeah, and and just um, going on top of that, like uh, we always know there's a good battle for the midfield this year. We love to see that Ferrari's back even more so in that battle. But and of course a battle for the front of the pack too. But even like the fact that the midfield battle and and the battle between the first two teams is getting closer and closer, like it is. So um, just all around shaping to be a great uh, thing for F1 fans. Certainly yeah, and with the salary cap even yeah. closing in more, it's just going to maybe even break that gap between the top of the field and the midfields. It's exactly. just unbelievable viewing today, and if that's just a taste of the season to come. For mm-hmm. sure. And the well, FIA, like, listening to this, seeing the race that they... Obviously, they don't listen to this, but if they... <laughs> get, they should. Listening to this type of feedback, which hopefully is ringing true throughout the fan base of Formula One, is like, this is what they wanted. This is why they put these regulations in. This is why they're slowly implementing them, so... Uh, you know, it's only round one, so we're not going to like, you know, tip their tip our caps completely. But so far, so good. Absolutely ac- epic entertainment uh, so far this season. And we are so excited. We can't believe it's three weeks till the next race in Imola. A oh, little sad to see that it's three weeks from now. Uh, but then they're going to be coming um, hot right and heavy for sure. Um, I think when we talk about drivers of the day as well, uh, interesting. There's a lot of people you could have picked. Uh, obviously, Perez, I think, did win it in the poll. Uh, Lando Norris coming P4, uh, and then his teammate Daniel Ricciardo in P7. So uh, we did see some absolutely epic racing out there. But again, we did just mention the Ferraris. Leclerc finishing P6, and his teammate signs not far behind in P8. So all in all, this is what we want to see. Uh, we just can't get enough of this first race and how it turned out. Yeah, and to have this all happening in the longest season in F1 history is just uh, the cherry on top. We're going to hopefully yeah. get a lot more of this 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 year. The transition, the time to be an F1 fan, we say it all the time on this podcast. Exactly. We're only nine episodes in, but the time to be an F1 fan is now. Yeah. Uh, so we're thrilled. 
we are really thrilled to, that we will also be bringing you guys two episodes this week. So as previously mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, we were lucky enough to be on the DNF1 podcast with Adam. And Adam will be coming on our podcast tomorrow. So James and I will be doing a quick little interview tomorrow evening. So we'll be dropping that one uh, this week as well. So a little two for one for the first round in 2021 for you guys. Uh, let us know what you think and definitely go and um, check out that interview that we do with Adam because he is a, a British fellow. So uh, we're getting some credibility on this podcast as James <laughs> mentioned. Some more proximity to the sport. For sure. And um, we will definitely also, with the, with a little bit of time between races here, we'll be definitely uh, open to talking to you guys about Drive to Survive. I think um, giving you guys a little bit of a chance maybe because we're all degenerates and watch it all in one day but we're excited to be able to talk about that with you guys as well. yeah absolutely and we got to talk about that show because i was talking to james yesterday and it's like a year ago around this time i could not have given less of a shit about f1 yeah in general and that show completely who would have thought that a year later we have a freaking podcast about the about yeah. the sport so unbelievable we we mentioned it in our first episode and trying to get that across to people is like crazy to think but now we've literally taken the deepest dive and we went on the DNF1 podcast, as James and I mentioned, but they actually gave us props saying that, you know, you've been on, uh, you've been fans of the sport for such a short time, but your knowledge and your ability to talk about it is up there, which is, was absolutely thrilling. Gave us a little bit more confidence for sure going into the yeah. second season of us that, and yeah. the first full season of us making a podcast here. So we are super excited. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I don't think we'll be able to go to the Grand Prix this year, but that will happen every other year mm -hmm. that, uh, COVID is not, it'll just make case. it more sweet when it does. Happen exactly. Yes. Exactly. It will for sure. So all in all, we're super excited. Um, let us know, go and follow us on our Instagram at wheel to wheel pod and give us a follow on, uh, over here on Spotify. If you like what you're hearing, uh, we're super excited to keep bringing you guys racing reviews, racing predictions, a little bit of gambling. Uh, there was way too many. We went way too overboard today. I think between James and I, excitement got to us. Yeah, yeah. James and I, we won't even have a gambling talk this week because we, between us both, we had about thirty different bets. Uh, so we'd be, we'd have to make a, a different podcast to talk about that this week. But all in all, um, it's been an amazing weekend. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, check out again our two for one interview this week with Adam. I think you'll, you guys will really appreciate his input. He's a Ferrari fan, so I think he'll be pretty happy with how this weekend went. He'll also be giving us um, not just his uh, review on this race, but some predictions moving forward. So definitely tune in tomorrow or the next day uh, evening and check out the interview with him. We're super excited to bring it to you. Pleasure having you back, back of Varun and uh, James, all three of us in the same room. Absolutely. Once again, and being able to watch uh, Formula One. So. Till next time, we'll hear from you this week and give our next review at Imola. Looking Cheers. forward to it. See ya.